If you are a solopreneur or someone new to the business world, it can be incredibly overwhelming to figure out where do you start? And there are a lot of mixed messages in the marketplace of when and what is essential to actually create impact and income. And I'm super excited today on our Amplify Your Marketing Message podcast, we are going to be sitting down with the incredible Don Foster. We're going to be talking about branding 101 for solopreneurs, really digging in for someone who is a brand guru. Tell us the good, the bad, the ugly, and hopefully I am hoping that you will get a lot of value out of this so you don't waste money and don't waste time and derail yourself from creating the impact that is possible behind your business idea. So welcome to our show. This is Dawn. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Excited to chat with you today. Super excited. You know, you and I cross paths because of your experience. And one of the things that I find so important is finding people who walk their walk because there's so much false business advice out there that leads people to spin in circles. I always tell clients when I'm working with them, how many times do you want to do this? Because if you do it too early or you don't have the clarity yet, chances are you're going to do it multiple times. So talk to us a little bit about your brand background and why you have this grand passion for the solopreneur and for the emerging entrepreneur. Well, the second part is a tough question. Why I have this grand passion. Uh, so my branding background, I'll start there. Um, I fell in love with branding years ago. I started my career on the design side of things, uh, working from a production artist all the way up to art director. And then I made the transition into the planning and strategy side of things so that I could see the full marketing machine come alive. Uh, my love of branding, I'd say I'm a, I'm definitely a creative at heart. All the visuals bring it on. Sensory overload, I love it. Um, I'd say that's where my love started. And over the years, I've just become super passionate, even as you were introducing and talking about mistakes that business owners make with their branding. I felt myself getting all worked up. So I've been super passionate about it, I believe, because I see it's something that comes so naturally to me. And I see people make mistakes and it's not rocket science, really. Like just well, I'm sure we'll get into the where to start. So I'll I'll say I became passionate about it because I see people go about it the wrong way. And I know how important it is. Well, let's jump right into the deep end, which is what is the consequence in your viewpoint of the mistakes that you see? Because the truth is we got to live in the pain for you to say, wake up. <laughs> we're going to do today is wake you up. But talk to us, what is the consequence as you see it for companies that really don't have a good place and plan when they jump into the, the world of marketing? They totally spin their wheels because... Typically, they think they've done it right. They they think they've crossed all their T's, dotted all, all of their I's, but they're so closely connected to it that they can't take that step back and see where they went wrong. So they try all these other things. Sometimes they're throwing money at it, time at it. And it's, no, you made a mistake 
early in the beginning with your branding, you're not connecting the dots. So there's a lot of wasted time, a lot of spinning wheels, a lot of wasted money that happens as a result as well. It's interesting when I, uh, people often come to me thinking I'm a marketer and I, I, I often don't describe myself that way. Although I started my, my career in marketing and interestingly enough, the reason my career evolved into sales and operations and why I'm great in a mentor capacity to connect the dots is because I kept saying, so what? Like it has to do a job, not just look good. And that's the piece that sometimes we're missing because when you don't know yet what to ask for, someone on the other end, if you are contracting or retaining somebody's services to guide you, often doesn't have the rule book, the playbook, or a clear idea of what do you need it to do. And so you end up with this maybe nice aesthetic, but it doesn't create the result. And great branding creates movement. And you know I'm all about the movement because movement's what builds momentum. So let's start with the question. when in your business journey, does branding become an essential component that you need to prioritize? From the start. And I say from the start, not in terms of putting together the visuals. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. When you start, you don't just jump into the visuals, you build that foundation of what is your mission, vision, values? What is your purpose? What problem are you solving? You start there, and that's the beginning of launching a business. Starting there leads you to understanding who your target audience is. And once you have a clear vision of why you do what you do, who you do it for, the problem you're solving, that's when you can start thinking through what does this brand look like, sound like, how do, how do I want my brand to feel based on who I serve and the solution that I provide. But typically the visuals don't come into play until later on once you've really nailed down the mission, vision, values, target audience, persona, those things. That's where to start. I think there's a really good insight here and I want uh, to pull it out for the audience to make sure it is really evident. If you are choosing to start to work or explore working with a guide such as Dawn and her business at DeFoster Marketing, if they are not asking you a ton of questions and holding you until you have clarity, buyer beware because it isn't just jump in and get me some graphics, which is often the mistake we make. And I love that you lead with that because it's true. You're saying, just make it pretty, just give me something I need to get visible. And without the pieces behind it, you will struggle to have the result. And the result is the goal line, not just the done component of the story. <laughs> yes. And we miss this. And so if you say, okay, in the very beginning, you have to have a destination. You have to be thinking and do recognize this evolves. So we don't necessarily get it right out of the gate. That's why branding and refreshes of branding and revisiting your message, your aesthetic and your essential presence continues to evolve. When you start to jump in, what question do you think is the most important for a brand strategist to be asking the client? So, well, we ask, where did you start? 
one of our very first questions is, why did you decide to do what you do? We want to know where their head is at, where their heart is at. We want to feel as though we are along the journey with you. If we're helping you create your brand, we want to be as closely connected to it as possible. So we're digging in information overload, but we do it very strategically of asking all the questions. We ask a few questions about a few questions about the present, and then we ask questions about the future. We break it up slowly so that it doesn't feel like too much, too fast, too soon and overwhelm who we're building that brand for. I love it because, you know, this is a journey. It is not a sprint to the done factor, which I just mentioned. I'm curious, you know, branding is is a very large group of things that come into play. Talk to us as what do you believe are the essential elements of branding for a business, particularly for a small business who's just getting started? Where do you start? What are the pieces that are, I would say, a non-negotiable? Plan for these at minimum is a good place to get your story built in the marketplace. So we follow along with just baseline for what would be included in a brand guideline. And typically in a brand guideline, in addition to your logo, how it should be treated, there are colors. What that logo looks like full color, black and white, horizontal, vertical. Then we go into typeface. What fonts are you using when you are showing up and communicating as your brand? What I typically see a lot of people miss is your brand's tone of voice. Is your brand snarky? Is your brand educational? Is your brand humorous? What does your brand sound like when it shows up? We also talk through the visuals, not just the logo, but any textures, patterns, how you treat your photography, your visual images, videography. What does all of that look like? I always paint the picture of we want to build out what your brand looks like so much so. A, a, a great example is Target, Under Armour, Nike. When you see their advertising, you know exactly who it is before you see the logo. And that's because, A, they're consistent, but they're holding true to what everything looks like, feels like, all the emotions that it evokes every single time you see it. And it's more than just a logo. I heard a word there that is magic. And it was, it is true on every touch point. And this is, this is where the development piece happens often as you're emerging in the entrepreneur space or as a business owner, that confidence is building. I say in my business, get clear, gain confidence, you will see the results. But branding is, you know, Yes, the story you tell and consistency is key. It needs to hold true to who you are in all of your ebbs and flows because branding is how someone else perceives you when you are not in the room to speak for yourself. And so I think often that's the challenge when you just outsource this and say, build me some graphics. You look and sound like everybody else. And I call that being lost in the sea of sameness. And it doesn't have to be everything from ta-da, from day one, but it starts to build a view. This really feels like me. And the question that both of us ask, you from the branding side and me from the business strategy side is, what do you stand for? You know, Nike isn't about the product, it's about the feeling. 
What do you want people to feel about you? And how do you deliver the message in all of the touch points that are happening? Anytime that you have a touch point that is out of sync or incongruent, there's a seed that gets planted with your prospective audience that is observing you from a distance. And that can be a trust break. And they start to go, what else is not measuring up? And that can lead to, I don't have confidence in you. And we've talked about this on previous episodes, but confidence is the single thing that people borrow first when they are investing in your services. They have the ability to walk their walk. They're capable, they're credible, and I trust them. So when you're you're working with a client and you're fine tuning it, what are some of the questions you ask? Or how do you tell if you've quote unquote nailed it? or where you think there might be uh, some evolution that is still needed because we haven't quite landed there yet? Great question. Um, Typically, so when we start, we ask a lot of, uh, back to the questions, we ask questions that are strategic enough to pull from our client's brain how they envision their brand so that we then have can start visualizing it kind of in a similar way. For example, we ask, where does your brand hang, hang out? Is your brand in a library? Is it volunteering? Is it at church? Is it at happy hour? Mm-hmm. What type of car does your brand drive? Is it a safe car? Is it a family car? We start to ask those questions. Interestingly enough, one of the first things we do is put together a mood board for a brand. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people try to go to logo first, but no. Uh, we put together a brand mood board. And once we present those to a client, there's usually one that rises to the top and they instantly have that, I love it. This is it, nail on the head moment. And it's really because we've asked all of those questions to determine what these visuals should feel like, because the words will come easy, what these visuals should feel like. And that's when we know that we've hit the nail on the head. I absolutely love, 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 love that you are using mood boards. And for those of you that might not have ever been through a brand experience and never had that opportunity, this is pictures and ideas that we, it's a bit like creating your vision board in many ways. It's who is the person we're serving? And it is crystal clear about where they spend their time, that how are they dressing? And so that if you walk down the street, you would say, this is my client. Mm-hmm. I see her and I can talk to her and I understand her and I live in her universe. Why I love the mood board, not only from the creative of getting it, the spark into the tools that you say are part of the brand guidelines, but it is also that every time you are putting something into the marketplace. It's a reference point. Am I speaking their language? And so often, you know, a mistake that I see is people might use a mood board, but then forget to show up as that person in real life. And this should be a reference point. You can do this for yourself. If you're still trying to figure out who it is I'm serving. I always tell people niching is where the money is. It doesn't have to be though by sector. What I say is what's the problem you're solving? How do they spend time? Where are you going to find them? Learning to be in the right room is essential to see success in your business journey. So when you look at that mood board, you go, I know where they hang out. 
And if you're not sure, keep asking questions. Mm -hmm. And I love that you come back to that saying, the questions don't stop because we're constantly trying to get a layer deeper. That layer deeper is what will connect us. And connection is the goal, not just the aesthetic. So I want to ask you as we, we lead to our final question, because you're a successful business owner. I've said I loved your work. That's why I invited you to be our guest today. But talk to us about what is working right now so that people don't have to wander in the wilderness so much in business. I always say, this is a successful business. What's working to amplify your message and your business right now in the marketplace? This is this is an easy answer. Consistency. Consistency works across the board. I feel like it's underrated, but being consistent when you show up, how you show up, the frequency, that is always going to work. It is a no fail. I think it's overlooked, but consistency is always when I can pinpoint that there is success. You know why consistency works, guys? It's because it creates predictability for the other side. And the other side says, they're still in the game. They're still active. They're doing something that I know I struggle with. That's probably why I want to go play with them. So I love that you say that because it is the wonder of the world. We all struggle with it, which is why I want to invite you. How do people connect to you, the work you do, if they want to learn more about your services? Sure. I can be found online at defostermarketing.com. There you can find a ways that we support small businesses. And also if you want to DIY your brand, we're giving the same tips and tools as part of our foundation series. A lot of what I talked about here is exactly how we guide you through that, through that series. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at Defoster Marketing as well. Find me on LinkedIn. That's my social media platform of choice. I'm pretty chatty over there. Awesome. Thank you so much for being our guest, guys. If you want to know as a business owner, a solopreneur, where do you start and how do you choose a good partner to help you through the brand development? We know that you've got the answers coming out of this episode. It's absolutely been fantastic, Dawn. Thank you for being our guest. And to our audience, we will see you on our next episode. This is Amplify Your Marketing Message. We'll see you really soon.